0: I'm Andrew McIntosh. Um, I chair the MQ Data Science Group. Um, I'm also a psychiatrist uh, based at the University of Edinburgh, and uh, my work in data science has been uh, linking to the Scottish morbidity records, uh, people's diagnoses, and also the drugs that people are prescribed. And in future, I think that the general direction of my research is to use this information in genetic studies.
1: So I'm Anne John. I'm uh, based at Swansea University Medical School and I sit on the MQ Data Science Group, but also I lead the MQ-funded Adolescent Mental Health Data Platform. So in a previous life, I was uh, a, a GP and then I did public health training and became... An epidemiologist and i do a lot of work looking at children young people's mental health and suicide and self-harm prevention linking you know looking a lot at primary care data and what happens uh, with, with young people and others as they go about their day-to-day lives contacting services
2: i'm Dermot o'reilly i'm professor of social epidemiology at queen's university in belfast And I'm director of the Administrative Data Research Centre for Northern Ireland. And I'm part of the data science, the MQ data science group. Um, So nearly all of my research uh, life for the last 10 years has been about accessing and using routine data that's collected as part of people's lives or interactions with various government departments, including the health services.
3: Um, I'm Rob Stewart I'm based at King's College London and a professor there Um, I'm a a consultant at the South London and Maudsley um, specializing in old age psychiatry and I I think my work over the last 10 years has focused particularly on mental health records the information routinely collected by mental health care and helping to use that information to improve people's the services that people receive and, and their outcomes with a particular interest in physical health inequalities that people with mental disorders can face.
4: What do we mean when we say data science in mental health? Andrew, do you want to give us a, a really nice, clear, accessible, succinct definition, please? Well, I'll have a go.
0: So, well, mental health data science is a discipline that that generally deals with large, complex, or linked data sets. uh, And it involves the disciplines of statistics, uh, mathematics, and computer science, alongside experts in mental health. And typically, they're from psychology, psychiatry, nursing, or the social sciences.
4: Brilliant. Okay, that was succinct and clear. Um, So, I think the sense that I've got is that whenever I share Data science kind of research in blogs. Um, It has quite a niche audience. It's almost like it turns off the majority of people just because of certain words um, like big data um, or machine learning. It's almost like that attracts the kind of nerdy niche audience, but it excludes everybody else. And what I really noticed at the meeting last week is that almost all the talks were really interesting and really relevant to people with mental health problems and to practitioners. And so there seems to be this kind of almost you know, mismatch between what's actually going on in data science research and the way people are kind of viewing this field. Do you feel that as well, or is that just me?
1: It's funny that you say that big data turns people off, because I think that's us trying to use friendly language. So I think... One of, I, I remember doing this piece of work with an artist where she was, we were using virtual reality and generating sort of movement and activity data. And we did an exhibition at the end. And my part of the exhibition was um, graphs and tables and data. And when you sat there, you watched everyone walk past all the graphs of tables and figures straight to the the artistic virtual reality creations from the young people. And I think think the importance of data science is is that it's it's not where you're asking people to go and fill in lots of questionnaires for a long time. It's often not when you're asking people to... um, be interviewed by someone for a long time. So for people with mental health problems that, you know, this data is the data that gets generated as we go about our day-to-day lives. And I think we just have to try and be uh, better at translating that into language that people understand.
0: I think your observations about the meeting uh, last week are, are are accurate I think it was it was a good example of how you can communicate quite clearly about mental health data science uh, it reminds me of a few other examples that are that are, you know that are um excellent ways of discussing data in a way that's very accessible and the um the late ha- Hans Rosling springs to mind and the presentations that he gave on data and its use that are that are very widely available and still viewed and are popular um, there's also, uh, I, I'm reminded also of our world in data. Um, that is another great example of a website that's very accessible. Uh, but I think it's useful to be reminded that uh, this uh, this work can be communicated clearly and that we should always be looking to to do so whenever possible.
2: I think data science is both very complex and very simple. At its heart, I think, it's about bringing the data together to draw out the underlying patterns that are there and we've been doing this intuitively since we've climbed out of the primordial soup that's how we try and make sense of the world however uh, at the minute it is complex because i think on one hand you've got people with problems real world problems these are clinicians policy makers and so on And on the other hand you tend to have uh, data scientists who tend towards the geek side of things And they have all the solutions. And the problem seems to be that we need increasingly people who can speak the language of pure data science and align these up with the problems that people have in their real lives. And I think that's part of the function of MQ Data Science, helping to bridge that gap.
1: Just to add to what Dermot said there, I think, you know, MQ has been really good from the onset of bringing. Um, lots of people from different disciplines together to look at these questions in mental health data science. But you know, when you're bringing lots of different disciplines together, so on my team, I've you know there are people from engineering backgrounds and computer science backgrounds, psychology, psychiatry, public health. That language between all of those different people is is developing, and I think we have to you know bringing a common language together and then making that translate it can take time
3: i think data science like all research has to prove itself through its output uh, i think it's every, i think most people accept that research is complicated and data science is just another field of research that has its own complexities um but as was I think exemplified in um, last week's meeting I I think there are very important applications of it and I think when you see the applications of it it makes perfect sense so if you're interested in you know for example the physical health inequalities that people face with mental health conditions for example then it's putting together information on people's physical health and their mental health makes perfect sense. I think most people would accept that's a potentially complicated thing to do. You've got to look at what's in the primary, in primary care data, GP practice data, what's in um, mental health care, what's in physical health care. Those have got to be put together somehow. And then you can start working out why is it um, that at the end of it all, people with mental health conditions don't live so long because of the the physical health conditions they accumulate that's just one example um and it's no different really to a complicated the complexities underlying imaging or the complexities underlying genetics or quite a lot of areas of research that it's just another area with its own complexities but it still has to deliver its outcomes and and make a difference to people (laughs)
4: Where are we now with mental health data science as a field, and what are we actually going to see over the next few years, the next ten years or so? That's going to really have an impact with this approach to doing science.
2: Dermot, do you want to kick us off? I think data science is a relatively new field, and its um, its growth has, I suppose, paralleled the increasing processing power of computers um, and the increasing availability um, of computers to capture all aspects of our lives and then the increased availability of uh, of large, complex and oftentimes very messy data sets. I think mental health um, has been a rather late newcomer to this field, um, but I think it's catching up. Um, I think there's been... It tends to be in this field again because it's new and it's it's sexy. There's a, there's a, a tendency towards the uh, bright and shiny and this perhaps the new potential of of data sets like social media or and you know. But I think the revolution that data science will bring to mental health research is quieter and uh, less sensational, but much more long lasting. And I think it's our ability to bring large data sets together and do things at scale that we couldn't really easily do before. But actually, taking a step back from that again, one of the things that I've learned is that if you want, I mean, I work in in, uh, with trying to influence government policy and so on in quite a large mind, and government talks about joined up thinking and joined up government departments all the time. And I think if you want to get joined up, thinking you oftentimes need to have joined up data but before you get joined up data you need to bring people together and so even though data science is all about the data and the data sets oftentimes it's mostly about getting the interpersonal relationships right that you can get the 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 people with the problems and the solutions together you can get the people with the data sets together and which is again one of the things that uh, mq uh, mental health does very well. It gets people who've got disparate um, skills mixes, and as Anne said, different language sets, brings them together with a common goal, and that's I think where where the revolution is going to happen.
3: I think uh, on more specific, I agree with all of that. But on more specific um, potential developments, I think the area of devices is going to be really important. The idea of of collecting real time information. On how people's lives are going and the ability to possibly pick up difficulties that people might have earlier and get in help at an earlier stage. I think that that will bring in very important new information, uh, whether it's in particular patient groups who are able to uh, be given um, the ability to self monitor. Um, or across the population, uh, we we don't yet know. And I think also the, as Dermot said, the the interconnectedness of information, particularly within healthcare, uh, now that everyone's has health records that are on computer they're increasingly talking to each other uh these records which is which is excellent for patient care because it means it's much more con- continuous between the different sectors between the gp and the specialist, particularly and i think that will transform data science and there'll be the real opportunity to look in a lot of detail about people's experiences with their health and how it affects outcome
1: i think um So I really agree with that. I think where it's so important is so a lot of the work that I've always done has focused on, you know, hidden groups or vulnerable groups, whatever label you want to to put on it. And and I think one of the things that data science does is it is going to bring um, evidence about the mental health vulnerabilities all strengths and how we intervene for these groups. So thinking about, so MQ funded a project that I'm working on where we have been able to work with geographers to link data from local authorities to identify, anonymously identify young People from gypsy Roma traveller backgrounds. Now, most of the studies in this area looking at the mental health of this population are quite small. You know, it, it it's people sort of with with clipboards asking questions. Revealing the needs of these populations, I think, is really important. So one of the other things we've done is we've linked educational data which has absences and exclusions in them to mental health data in uh, general practice in hospitals and we can clearly demonstrate through that the mental health needs of, of you know young people that within sort of health and education we might not be framing you know they're the people that get excluded from school or the people who don't turn up at school it's almost reframing in different specialties that actually these young people have mental health vulnerabilities and we have the ability to intervene early. So, uh, so I mean, I guess the other project I'd mention is we've l- linked CAFCAS data, which is court data. Now, so little is known about the mental health impacts and effects of actually what is one of the, the biggest life events in young people's lives. And that, you know, we're partnering with the Nuff, Nuffield Criminal Justice Observ- Family Justice Observatory. And, you know, I really think the revelation of joining these data sets together, of getting these di- different disciplines to work together to highlight what the needs are and when we can intervene could be transformative. Uh,
0: so I want to echo some of the things that have been said already. Um, so we, we now appreciate the need for data sets of exceptional size and depth and providing better healthcare in future. And I think that argument is, uh, if there ever was one, as as is now settled. Um, we have a growing capacity to conduct the necessary analyses. Um, so that also is, is a piece of good news, I think, that will f- further develop in future. I think there are a couple of areas where there's still uh, further to go, and I'm just going to illustrate them both with a brief example. So the, the first one, uh, an example of uh, of where data science could do better in the future, is around uh, public engagement and involvement. And the example here, I think, that's that's worth giving is that of Care.Data. So Care.Data was an initiative to use people's healthcare data in research And it had a commercial aspect, it had a potential um, uh, profit-making aspect to the future research that was planned. And this did not have widespread uh, public uh, approval, and it came to an end prematurely. Now, I I think we realise now much more than we did before for the the need to have the public on board and to set limits on what acceptable use of their data in research and perhaps particularly where there's a profit-making aspect to that work. The the second example I wanted to give was just to echo something Anne had said, uh, and it's the study of underrepresented groups. So at the moment, um, lots of mental health data science is based on a a model of consent still. Um, Some of it isn't, but uh, the the part that's based on consent, uh, where people come along and they're given an, an information sheet and sign a consent form, tends to uh, lead to samples that include people who are, are are more highly educated than the the population as a whole. They're more likely to be whites and they're more likely to have higher incomes. And they are, in, in effect, people... Um, they don't often include the people with, with whom we're trying to reach with the research, the people whose health we're trying to improve. And so I think uh, data science engaging more deeply with the relevant stakeholders is something that's going to be very important.
4: Can you build on that a little bit, um, Andrew and others? I think for me, that's the kind of key barrier, you know, getting people involved in mental health research at all is challenging. Getting people who aren't white and middle class involved is even more challenging. Getting people involved in data science type research, which you know in the public eye might have some of these care data issues around it. How are you going to do that? Give us some examples of projects which are truly co-producing, reaching the people you need to reach, presenting the project in a way which is easy for people to get involved with and to buy into. So I, I can give
0: a couple of examples from our from our own research so in in some of our own research we've um tried to engage with people through social media and in person through focus groups and discuss some of the things that are done uh, some of the research that's done with their data and um usually we we recognize the same uh, caution amongst people in the use of their data when we first speak to them uh, they they imagine perhaps that um data is shared, that uh, full text from a medical record is perhaps shared in the context of of research with their name removed. But when they actually see um, uh, how the data is used, how it's coded into numbers and short strings of letters and analysed with many other thousands of of, uh, pieces of information, then they, they feel very reassured generally that it's not it's not sharing a very verbose and very sensitive information about the individual. It's about extracting uh, knowledge from that data in a way that involves its aggregation with, with, with other people. Um, So that's, that's one example from, from, from our own work.
1: And I think that really came up in the meeting last Friday. So um, we had a, a session that was all about involving uh, the public um, and patients and co-producing resources and understanding. And we were discussing about how people might feel about the use of their mental health data compared to their physical health data. And um, somebody in the chat actually put, well, it's understandable that people feel more uncomfortable because when you take a mental health history it's full of the sort of very personal details that you won't necessarily have in a physical health history. And I remember, um, you know, reading that, I was like, yes, I can, I can absolutely see that. So I think it's really important for us to be out there showing the way that we work with the data so that, it's, so that people maybe don't feel so much that you know, very personal information is there. In actual fact, it's, it's, I think, that stigma about mental health data is something that we really have to work with, with people.
4: Yes, I'm interested, I suppose, just generally telling people what happened last week um, and what this is part of, because MQ has obviously organised a series of data science conferences and there are more planned for next year. what did you get out of the conference? What was your kind of key takeaway message? Was there anything there that surprised you?
3: I don't think there was anything there that surprised me because I had high expectations and was very pleased that they were met. Um, I thought the the presentations that I heard were excellent and were from a, a wide range of predominantly junior researchers, which is always exciting to see people growing up in the field and um, developing their ideas um, and pushing forward that everything that was presented was a real innovation and um all of us were involved in um in shortlisting the the presentations um from from the various submissions that that came in and and we weighed heavily on sort of how how much this was pushing the boundaries forward and i think the the presentations all in many and different ways We're all pushing the boundaries forward in terms of the research, but in a very applied way of showing, you know, what the knowledge that can be generated of genuine relevance to people's mental health um, from these initiatives we've talked about under this sort of rather broad label of, of data science. So, I think i wasn 't at all surprised because I thought that some excellent proposals came in and and the presenters that um, i I saw were, were universally excellent, and I was very pleased with the with the quality of, of the information and and the sense of a next generation um, coming up in this field. I thought it was very exciting
0: I guess if anything surprised me about the meeting it's it 's taking uh, taking a step back and thinking thinking uh, thinking as far back as the meetings we had in 2016 and and, uh, at the very beginning of the data science group, and and how rapidly the field has accelerated to cover children and young people, to cover the traditional fields of data linkage and uh, looking at the electronic health record. Um, We're now looking at uh, how data science can inform our understanding of the mental health impacts of COVID-19 and uh, and perhaps perhaps... uh, most uh gratifyingly, I think that the the very strong uh public involvement and engagement section uh sort of mirrors a, a, a movement within the field as a whole to involve uh patients and the public in, in our research and in shaping the questions and in how data science is conducted. So it's that that I thought was a real a real gem from the conference.
1: So I can remember a few years ago that uh you know one of the Big issues in this area. Um, I think there was even an article in Nature about it was, was a capacity issue. Was where are we going to find the people to work in data science? And I think one of the great things that came across in the conference was, was one, all that, you know, new enthusiastic early career researchers. But also the breadth of their backgrounds you know I think you know one was there were there was an astrophysicist in there I think one of them said so and I think that's what we really wanted for this field was to bring lots of disciplines together and I think that meeting really demonstrated that 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 is happening
4: It feels like, from what you were both saying before, you, um, think, I think it was Rob, you mentioned this before as well, this kind of need to bring in these diverse fields. How do you see that happening more with MQ and this data science program? Because, you know, you can have this kind of we welcome all approach, or you can actually have a more positive, right, we really desperately need some astrophysicists. Let's go and get them into this program. What, what kind of strategy have you got for bringing the necessary disciplines in?
3: I think you you want to work with existing networks um and a lot of these exist and and in a sense this is very cost effective because all MQ has to do is to sort of is is to sort of bring people together and I think it's you know it's it's been doing an excellent job in that particularly in in the sense of bringing um the the basic science disciplines through to application in our case in, in mental health research. I think, I think sort of that, that's the big challenge of the area is actually achieving genuine um, healthcare affecting output um, right from the sort of basic science forward um, and to, and to help basic science disciplines see the results of that, because that can be a really energizing um, element to, to their work is seeing it actually applied in practice in my in my field it's particularly around computer science and what's called natural language processing which has huge applications in the sense that most of the most valuable information that's collected in mental health care is collected in text which isn't always isn't sort of easily available um, for use in in analysis and you have computer science experts who can uh, Develop um, ways of, of of processing the text so that it can produce the information um, automatically in the same way that a checkbox does, um, and and for them to see that that actually makes a, a real difference in in what health services can do at the end in terms of monitoring um, healthcare and and their services and and the people presenting to their services that can be really energising and so I think there are. Uh, Networks already together that sort of bring people together with from different disciplines, and I think MQ can very usefully interface with these and uh, and and bring forward that resource together to show what can be really what can be done in a specialty. I think I would acknowledge that this is actually quite tricky, oftentimes,
2: and it harps back to what I was suggesting earlier in that we have people with skills that may potentially be solutions for problems that we have, but we don't know enough to be able to speak the language and understand what they're saying. And it's bridging this gap between the people who've got those skills. And that's perhaps where, again, where MQ uh, and the conferences are very useful because I love the precedent setting where you see other people who have used new data, have applied, uh, new approaches to existing data and existing problems and so on and we can say oh yeah uh, I can learn I can do that or we could use that solution for um uh problems we've got back at base so yeah it's it's learning from others and and seeing what other people have been doing has been, been very helpful
1: so I think it's really important is and um, as I think you alluded to andre that that funders like mq actually have something written in their sort of bid specifications that they encourage multidisciplinary working and i think that encourages people who are looking at a problem to reach out beyond their own field and i guess another thing i'd say is to not underestimate how long it takes to learn those languages Together. So, you know, I'm a very traditional epidemiologist. And I know when I first started working with people, you know, using machine learning and AI techniques, that I was absolutely and fundamentally skeptical of the whole discipline if I was honest, and now, you know, the people that I work with, they laugh about it. But the way we got to the place we are now is through working together. And initially, it was, we were working, and doing our different sorts of analyses on the same data. And then over time, through those discussions, we all now work very closely together. But I think sometimes... You know funding rounds are so short it's about appreciating how long it takes to really develop multidisciplinary working.
0: One other aspect I think uh, that is worthy of mention is the international dimension to this that we're speaking on a call now um none of us are in the same room as perhaps we might have been in the past, and some of the barriers between to working internationally have, have gone. And so I think we just, uh, we have to keep in mind that this is an international effort and that the pool of individual, individuals is more than in any one country. We can now collaborate with people across the Atlantic and, and across the world in a way we, we never could have done before. And I think that process has accelerated recently.
4: Let's um, move on to this penultimate question about co-production. So we we're thinking here about, you know, research that is properly co-produced from start to finish with people with lived experience of mental illness. I guess we're thinking about co-production in the context of these projects with, you know, all of the right kind of cross-disciplinary people involved and involving people in a, a meaningful way rather than a tick box fashion. There was a panel discussion and that you chaired at the conference on that because it's difficult for people. This is a change of practice for a lot of people and there's there's often quite a lot of pushback from researchers on doing it this way genuinely this way how does this improve how we do data science
1: that was my most favorite part of the conference i really enjoyed that panel um i i thought the discussion was really interesting and a and a few things struck me I think it's made a real difference that almost all funders, including MQ, encourage um, PPI and co-production, both from the development of a proposal all the way through to making it happen in the real world. And I think the, once you've done it, you appreciate the value of working with people you know, we all bring our own assumptions to data, you know, and that could be when you're working in, you know, groups you feel very, with groups you feel very comfortable with and groups you don't. And I have never done a piece of work where sitting and discussing it with Patients, members of the public, and other researchers hasn't brought more depth and insight to it, and and I, I guess once you do it, the value is really demonstrable to everyone. I think, um, and I guess it, it I guess researchers, are, you know, there's a lot they have to do. And I think we, we just, ha- I think you just have to get them to do it once and they appreciate the value of it because it makes your research better. You know, the way, you know, we can be very stuck in our ways in terms of, you know, how we look at outcomes. You know, like in, um, in the field that I'm in, self-harm, when you, you know, a lot of studies are about, repeat self-harm as an out, as the outcome of our research and you can see it as a poor outcome as in what you're trying to prevent is someone coming to services with self-harm again but in actual fact when you talk to people um, going to services again is an improvement they're help seeking it really gives you an opportunity to to think about what data actually means so I value it hugely but I think you know we have to I think someone else said on Friday that you had you, you have to be flexible so you know people you know one I think it has to be to involve people you're asking them to do a job we need to adequately resource what they're doing and value as well as value it and to to understand that that it it can require flexibility so so people with mental health issues or people with you know physical health issues they may not always be able to commit when where or how much you might want so it really it it it's a proper give and take relationship
4: so I guess what we're looking for here is a message to the funders, the people that have funded MQ research in the past, people who may be thinking about funding it in future. Why is this an important thing for funders to focus on?
3: I think there are there are huge opportunities in the UK in this particular area related to some of the things that we have in place Um in terms of the information that's already around and that can be brought together to make improvements. It, it's staggering talking to other very advanced countries in many respects at how far ahead we are in the UK in this area and how much opportunity there is for, uh, for really sort of leading the world internationally as As a country in this area of data science generally and and in in mental health data science particularly i don't i can't think of any other country in the world that's got a community um like ours that's still relatively small and still beginning but but is is really sort of making um steps forward um in transforming knowledge about mental health and mental health care and I, I think that and a body like MQ can has been transformational in this, in bringing people together, as we've talked about earlier, bringing disciplines together, bringing people in different parts of the country together, um, because it's it's very much a collaborative enterprise, and we can all learn from each other, even more so, I think, than in many other areas. I think I think data science thrives through it being done in lots of different places around the country and in opportunities to bring that knowledge together so that people can learn from each other. And uh, just over a relatively short period, the field has been transformed into, you know, world leadership through simple things like the support that MQ has been giving.
1: And I guess you can't really underestimate that. So MQ, you know, brought us all together in, in the data science group. And as the field grew, there was a a big investment from the Medical Research Council into what what was sort of what they called mental health data pathfinders, and there were nine of us across the country that that led them. Rob Rob led one, and Andrew was involved in one as well. And basically, when we all came into that room, so all the people who'd been awarded those. We realised we all met through MQ, so I think you can't really underestimate how how pivotal MQ has been in the evolution of this field in the UK and, and internationally.
0: MQ has also supported uh, a number of early career researchers around the country in developing uh, new capacity in MQ data science. And some of the outputs of that work have been, I think, particularly exciting. So I'm, I hope in future it'll be possible to continue this work through through MQ's leadership.
3: Another area of enormous value of MQ investment has been in, in pilot early stage projects of getting ideas underway that really wouldn't have been funded through any other mechanism uh, because most funders focus on the big, um, large initiatives uh, but in order to get to a big, large initiative, you need to start somewhere, and to have the opportunity to get sort of small starter funds up and uh, and going has been very helpful indeed. Um, and that's again been transformational. There's been some really original studies that have been uh, pr- pump primed by by MQ Awards.
1: Absolutely. So the the study I talked about earlier with, uh, you know. Gypsy, Roma, Traveller, young people and their mental health. You know, th- that's a study where we were really trying a new technique using data to identify, um, anonymously identify these young people. And, you know, it, it's very difficult to, to get funding for those sorts of, of, of projects where you're really, you know, trying out a new idea. And I, and I guess, and I completely agree with Rob, I think MQ is, has been really important in that space for data science, which is, this, which is a field that is constantly evolving.
4: My thanks to the fantastic four data scientists who joined me for this podcast. Professor Andrew McIntosh from the University of Edinburgh, Professor Anne John from Swansea University, Professor Dermot O'Reilly from Queen's University Belfast, and Professor Rob Stewart from King's College London. Thanks also to MQ for commissioning me and my mental health colleagues to cover the 2020 data science meeting and produce this follow-up conversation. We really hope you found it interesting and useful. You can check out the conference tweets at hashtag MQ data and videos of many of the talks given in December are available on the Mental Health YouTube channel. Check out the podcast description for all the links.